Welcome to Answers May Vary. Each week, we listen to your dilemmas and try to come up with workable solutions you can put into place to start improving your teaching life today. I'm Kate Harkins. And I'm Stephanie Handley. And together with you, we're Three Heads. This week's dilemma. I hate back to school night. Cancel it or make it better. (laughs) Why would you hate back to school night, Kate? Is it the six minute presentations, (laughs) the low turnout, or the parent who traps you in the hallway at 7.59 p.m. wanting to know their child's grade? Which one? (laughs) You mean the child who I have no idea who it is? (laughs) Because we met a week and a half ago. (laughs) So back to school night has great value at the elementary school level, maybe the middle school level. High school, we're really starting to stretch the necessity for back to school night. But more importantly, the practicality of how it is executed. (laughs) We would imagine that our back to school night is much the same across (laughs) the country. Your parents have a modified version of their students' schedule, which means they're trekking across the campus for what essentially end up being six or seven minute class periods. Because everyone's late because they give you two minutes to travel. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no way that you can go over everything. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can go over anything that parents are really interested in, but it's this sort of like social contract (laughs) of we're going to do this. Don't forget the part where they have multiple students, so they're trying to navigate that. And if they come to your period three, but you don't teach that prep during third period when really they're in your period one, the usefulness just drops and drops and drops. (laughs) Exactly. I know a teacher who used to call in sick (laughs) FD. Back to school night. And I have to say, I admire that plan. (laughs) Although I did miss a couple of back to school nights because my own child's back to school nights coincided with my school's back to school nights. I was always really jealous of her when that happened. (laughs) We do contractually (laughs) have to have these back to school nights. So how can we make them better. Aside from having another global pandemic where we get to just make a video and post it on the (laughs) internet. That might have been my favorite. (laughs) What we did several years ago was decide we're going to ditch what we did for years for back to school night. And what we came up with was a cross between back to school night and open Mm -hmm. house. And I came up with this idea from something that I had done one of my very early years of teaching, very often in high school departments, like to get together for open house and have this very large showcase of work rather than being in individual classrooms. But we had a principal one year who was not on board for that and she wanted everybody in their own classrooms. That's fine. So what am I going to do with this? I was talking to my mom about it and my mom is a former elementary school teacher and she gave me the idea for stations. So I put together all of my stations and I 
felt like overall parents enjoyed it. So I thought, can I adapt that idea to back to school night, make it a little bit more engaging and in my version, also involve my course-like colleagues (laughs) so we didn't have to be in our own classrooms. I don't know how things are at your site, but for us, we had very low turnout Mm -hmm. for back to school night. And as the evening progressed, the turnout became (laughs) lower and lower. (laughs) Part of that is probably because parents have been hearing a essentially the same message for years Mm -hmm. because nobody is terribly motivated to put a huge amount of effort into back to school night. (laughs) Until you get so desperate, you decide to start from scratch and then we invest a bunch of time in it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Full disclosure, we didn't start small with this idea. (laughs) Not our style. So it did take a massive amount of effort. But if you check out our YouTube video for this week, you'll see how you could do a transition over a couple of years to work your way into to this sort of grander vision that we're going to talk about here on the podcast today. So let's go ahead and get started. As Kate mentioned, we organized the room into stations. And I have to give Kate credit. This was her brain baby. She did such a great job like organizing this and thinking through it. And so there were signs at each station telling parents what to do at that station and telling students what to do at that station. I don't know about you. I I think we had more students at Back to School Night than parents sometimes. Um, And so it was nice to make it welcoming for both groups and have things that they could each do. Like, student, show your parent this. Or student, we haven't used this website yet, but we're going to, so check it out. Mm -hmm. Parents, fill out this form to be added as an observer to your child's classroom. And so it was a good way to guide people through the room and to not have to physically tell everyone what to do at these different stations. Yeah, it was also nice because our school district does back to school night for high school very early, like second week of school early. (laughs) Where you've done no work to display, you don't know your students' names yet. So everybody on your visitor side is new. By engaging both students and parents, everybody's becoming more familiar with the course. So that's nice. Where we guided our students and parents to start was signing up for things. If you don't have parents as part of your counselors enrolling students having parents sign up for things, then it's really helpful to let parents know what they do and don't have access Mm -hmm. to. We, on multiple occasions, got (laughs) emails from parents about their children not giving them passwords for things. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you don't need their password for this. So whether you're using Google Classroom, you have an online grading and attendance program that parents can monitor you're using Schoolology or Canvas. What do you want parents to have insight into? If you need them to sign up for it, this is a great time Mm -hmm. and place to do that. And those parents who 
took the time to come to back to school night are the parents who would want to be an observer for whatever that is. It's great too, because we had Chromebooks at each station. And if it's something like Aries where they can sign up a canvas where the student is right there and can give them a pairing code. But for Google Classroom, we just had them fill out a little slip of paper because we had to add them anyway. So that way Mm -hmm. we just went through and added a stack of students Mm -hmm. at one time instead of piecemealing it throughout the year as they asked. Yeah. The next thing we did was we had some ongoing weekly assignments that students did, obviously, every week. (laughs) And they were things that parents could engage in. In some cases, parents could create their own accounts. We had Typing Club. Again, like Stephanie said, at each of our stations, we had multiple Chromebooks we just borrowed from the library. So parents could try things out. We ended up having lots of parent and child competitions. Yeah, it was really <laughs> fun. They were like, either the parents were sympathizing with the students or mm-hmm. literally they were competing to see who yes. could type faster. <laughs> yes. We would let them know, you can sign up for your own free account. You can have your student sign into their account and show you what they've accomplished so far. Granted, again, second week of school, they haven't accomplished a lot. But of course, we made sure that they had signed into that program before back to school night so they would have something to show. We also, and we talk about this in our back to school podcast, but that's one of our main focuses the first week, learning classroom routines. By back to school night, they were like into it. This is what we do in this class and I want to show my mom. Also, as one of our bell ringer ongoing weekly assignments was using the Quill online adaptive grammar program. So that's something that parents could sign up for. We also would say you can have your other children Mm -hmm. sign up for this if you want them to practice at home as well. For students, sign in, show your parents how you complete an activity Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. We also used regularly active, active learn, actively (laughs) learn, which is an online platform to push out reading assignments where we can make them interactive. We can add notes, videos, embed questions. And we hadn't used it in class yet. And so we use this as an opportunity to say, hey, students, we're going to be using this. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Click around. See what it's like. We had some printouts of the purpose of the program, why it's Mm -hmm. beneficial just to educate parents on why we use that. One of the nice things with Actively Learn is that there are lots of pre-made assignments and there are lots of pre-made assignments about like current events, Mm -hmm. high interest things. So we just made some fake assignments so that parents and at this time, students could go in and look at different elements of the program if they were unfamiliar with it. I have to say our biggest win, and not in numbers by any means, but (laughs) our biggest win was our independent reading station. We have our students read every Monday in class, so we had information about why it matters, how it works, you know, how you can talk to your student about what they're reading. I think there were even like questions you could ask. And then we had a selection of our classroom libraries right there. Our intention was that students could check books out, but a parent checked a book out and it was awesome. Oh my gosh, we have a parent who is going to read a book because we provided this at Back to School Night. And I'm pretty sure our principal was visiting when that happened. So that was like an extra (laughs) win right there. I think that is sort of common way to get parents in 
involved is with reading because we may not remember a lot about our high school English class, but we all remember reading books. Mm -hmm. Whenever I run into somebody who is like, what do you do? Oh, I'm an English teacher. What books do you do? (laughs) Always. Always, without fail, that is the question that I get asked. So by including that and bringing in your high interest Mm -hmm. things, but also bringing in what you plan to teach that year or the classic books that you're like, okay, this is about the age of the parents of my students. These are the things that were probably being taught in schools (laughs) around that time. Bring those in and it helps to get students and parents talking with each other and with you about books and whether they like reading or don't like reading. Our school district gives our students access to Sora and over, is it Overdrive? I think um, so, yeah. Online library. But you could also mm-hmm. have parents signing up for Libby and getting, if they don't have a library card, I almost said book checkout. (laughs) If they don't have a library card with the local library, telling them how they can go about doing that. Lots of public libraries have made it very easy Mm. to get library cards because they, like us, just want people to read. (laughs) And it did, it just adding all of these stations, but I think that reading one in particular just made it more fun for families Mm. to come in and do something together Mm. instead of just sitting in a classroom hearing the exact same rules they heard yeah. in the last classroom. Another thing we did was a brief handout about our regular schedule. We have talked about on many occasions, <laughs> we love routines. And so we would share those routines with parents, not what are we going to be teaching over the course mm-hmm. of the semester, but the go to, we're going to do these things every week. So when you ask your kid, when they get in the car after school, what'd you do at school today? Nothing. (laughs) Oh no, I know you did something. (laughs) It's Thursday. How did you do on those cahoots? (laughs) What's your typing speed this week? Exactly. (laughs) So that's a helpful thing for them to walk away with. The last thing we did was something that I think was really helpful Mm -hmm. for parents and was definitely something that our community needed. This is something that would be really great to partner with your school counseling department, your school social worker or psychologist. They could definitely help you out with this. I, as a parent, had gone to a presentation, so we made use of those resources, but had it been necessary, definitely just ask for some materials yeah. from your counseling department. They have all the stuff at the touch of a button. Yes. <laughs> so what we focused on was how to talk to your teen. For us, we talk to teenagers all day. Every day. Uh We do not need to know how to talk to them. Maybe if you're new, maybe you need to know. But (laughs) And most of us are pretty good at it. Most of us are pretty good at it. But how to talk 
to your teen and how to make sure that you stay engaged because lots of times parents who come to back to school night are looking for a way to stay connected with or to reconnect with Mm -hmm. their kids. And so they are going to be very open and receptive to something like this. One that really stood out to me that I thought was helpful was it also had facts about teen development. If you want to have a productive conversation, let your child be by themselves for 30 minutes when they get home from school Mm -hmm. instead of badgering them the first second they get home. Mm -hmm. It's just such practical stuff. And honestly, it seems common sense when we think about it from our perspective. But Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes parents want to be like, I'm here now and I want to talk to you and I know how your day was. And it's just very practical things you can do to have more positive interactions, which I think a lot of teenage or no, not teenage parents of teenagers (laughs) are looking for. (laughs) Teens in crisis. Lots of times, and I would say even as teachers, unless you have been educated on Mm -hmm. this, you don't always recognize when teenagers are in crisis. Because to be honest, sometimes for some of them, it seems like they're always in crisis. So how do you recognize those signs of your teen being in crisis? And then what can you do Mm -hmm. to help them? Or who are the resources on your campus that you can take advantage of in order to help students before problems spiral out of control. I think there's also a thing on handling technology and Mm -hmm. substance abuse warning signs, which kind of goes with the teens in crisis. It was, again, just trying to help educate parents on how they Mm -hmm. can understand their teens better. One other thing I know Kate said that was the last one, but there was a second page. And we, we, we talked a little bit about grades. If you do use an online grading system, we provided the information for them on how to access that. But we also provided information to educate them on Turnitin.com. It was mind-boggling to us, and this is a plagiarism checking website if you're unfamiliar with it. It was always mind-boggling to us how students would turn in a completely stolen paper. They could see the report, and it was bright red. And they said, submit. And so what we did is we printed out what does a Turnitin report look like? What does it mean? So if you look at your child's report, what should you be concerned about? What should you not be concerned about? Mm -hmm. So again, just trying to recognize things that throughout the year become an issue and address them head on at the beginning. Yeah, I think lots of times, even with Turnitin.com, which we've used a long time, (laughs) people are always thinking that we're interpreting this information. No, the information is presented to us. And I know both Stephanie and I always shared Turnitin reports Mm -hmm. to parents. I think oftentimes in that moment when they're getting that report, it's because their child has plagiarized something. So emotions are heightened. So when it's completely somebody else's kid and you share that information, it's so obvious when plagiarism is taking place and you tend not to have as many of those conversations about how, well, this is a really strange way to word this sentence (laughs) or this is a really odd way to spell this word. And you both spelled it that way. How weird. And yes, when I say it's a one in a million chance, (laughs) I am acknowledging that it is possible that they came up with exactly the same response. (laughs) 
when you just look at the hard data, <laughs> it's really unlikely. <laughs> and so the results, we had a great time. Now, unfortunately, we don't get to tell you about how we got to refine and make things better and grow mm-hmm. because then a pandemic hit mm-hmm. and we didn't do in-person back to school night before mm-hmm. we left the classroom because we were out for a year and then it was still early enough that we did a video mm-hmm. back to school night. But I thought it was a success. The parents who came enjoyed it. Yes. It was definitely more fun, more engaging than previous back to school nights had been. I liked that we were free to talk to families more Mm -hmm. and to talk to them about more interesting things like about their typing, about books and what they read when they were teenagers and that sort of thing. And it just made for a more a positive environment, I Mm -hmm. think. Also, I think in our case, our PLC worked very closely together. And so it was a nice way to show that to parents that no matter what teacher your child has, we're all doing the same thing. They're getting the same education. Yeah. And I think we didn't so much have what very often happens at back to school night or open house. How is so-and-so doing in your class? Like Stephanie said, we haven't really done anything that would tell me (laughs) how they're doing in the class. But you have two sort of ways out. One, you just direct them to your grade platform. Mm -hmm. Oh, he can show you. Yeah. He can show you. Or it's not something that they think to talk about yeah. because there's so many other things for them to engage in. We did this in our library. And mm-hmm. I think not being in our physical classroom probably also helped with that, which is funny because there are a bunch of laptops in the room. I could easily have produced any kid's grade. But mm-hmm. I think just being removed from that personal classroom kind of signaled, we're not doing that today. We're doing right. this instead. And it also helped helps you if you if you've ever been trapped at 7:55, 7:59, you're supposed to be leaving at 8 and you're isolated and you don't have a friend who's going to no man left behind you on the way out. It was just nice to have other teachers there as support or backup. Yeah. Like we said at the top of the episode, if you're not quite ready to jump feet first into this stations idea on our YouTube channel this week, we are talking about some of the smaller ways that you can integrate this into a more traditional back to school night. But as we all know, answers may vary. So if you have different ideas, if you have a different blow up back to school night, try something completely new idea that you want to share with us, please do email us at hello at threeheads.works or DM us on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a dilemma you'd like to talk to us about or you'd like to hear us talk about, email us at hello at threeheads.works. We'll chat soon. Bye. Bye.